It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to the Saturday Friends Club. We're back in for a third show in our little uh, our period here before we get into Halloween. Uh, I am Josh. Let's see over here, is Sabrina. Are Yo. you re- okay? I was wondering. <laughs> you were looking off the other direction, and you were just like. I was tempted to say something about the pre-show, but then I was like, "Let's not." No, we had another good pre-show. <laughs> ooh, it was good. Uh, if you want, if you want spicy like <laughs> ooh, content, raunchy conversation. You, you want to hear us talk about some saucy times? <laughs> Join us in the pre-show, but don't worry about that. Uh, by the way, the Patreon group can uh, get access to the pre-shows. But let's go through here. I'm Josh. That's Sabrina. Yep. Over there's Martin. Meow. That's Eric. No. No. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, we are here to talk about all the things nostalgic, all things that we love. Oh boy. Um, and this week, oh. just like, again, like this is on this is on like uh, the genre of Saturday Fun's Good Moves when we call this we call this the uh, the T ball stand kind of uh, selection here. This is just we're, Josh is just like get, trying to curry favor and it's just going to serve up. A real softball. Here. I mean, this is garbage time. Let's be honest. It's, it's a sports term that means like the score has been rolled up. Like right. you, you can just kick back, kind of relax. You know how it's going to go. Yeah. And that's because today I'm offering the Weird Al movie UHF. Ah, ah, this movie. Soft as an easy chair. <laughs> This movie, I I actually forget when I saw it. I feel like it's got to be teenage when I, I finally yeah. started seeing it. But it was you, you bizarre. Say that, like, seeing it is like an ongoing process. Like I started seeing UHF when I was in my teens, and then <laughs> as it moved into my like, like early twenties. Okay. Eric, you can understand that there are certain <laughs> movies that continue to replay in our minds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, see, we see them every day. Mystery Science Theater, the <laughs> every, movie, is every, in our head. Every day is UHF for me. <laughs> every time I close my eyes. Every, every time I'm there, I just go Conan the Librarian How, and yeah, I'm back. I, well, I think, yeah, the, the, we've, we've, we've hinted and alluded at the Mystery Science Theater movie so many times on this podcast already. Uh, that's just one of the ones that's just like... Horrible! The fact that we could just watch it forever and ever and oh, ever. Oh, yeah, the movie will never not be funny. Oh uh, yes, but um, yes, UHF is one that I wanted to bring forward. I had to have caught it in my teenage years and went like, "Wait, what? There's there was a, a Weird, Weird Al, Al movie? movie? Why did I never hear of this? Why did why did this? When did this happen? Why did right. this happen?" And so I picked it up, and it's just this bizarre, weird, brilliant. Not good, but good in just the right ways. Movie. Yes, this yep. movie is stupid good. Yeah, it's. This is a. I think this. Well, especially with the humor in this, this is like squarely in the Leslie Nielsen universe of like the of like the Naked Guns and the wrongfully accused. So let's see. Yep. I had seen it. Eric, you'd yep. seen it. Martin, had you seen it before? Nope, never heard. So of it. this was completely fresh for you, Sabrina. I'd never seen it. Before. All right. So we have two newbies and two veterans of Weird Al. The Weird Al Wars, apparently. Uh, yes. Actually, let, let's ask the question. You sounded like a, uh, before we started recording that you were you were deep into the early Weird Al. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like As a kid, like my parents both liked Weird Al. So growing up, we had a, like, it, again, I'm, I was born in like 1990. So even early on, we had a turntable because my, my dad had a whole bunch of records. And so yeah, we listened to those. And he had Weird Al's second album, uh, Weird Al in 3D, on like, vinyl. And I remember listening to that. That was great, even though it's like all the songs in this were parodies of music from the 80s that I was not alive for. 
Um, I had the food album on cassette tape. I listened to that on my Walkman. Uh, that was awesome. So yeah, I listened. I, I, my background in Weird Al is early Weird Al, like 80s Weird Al, even though I was living in the 90s. Yeah, it, it was like I'm looking through the first one that I ever actually had was Polka Party album that was released in 1986. I would have technically been four years old, right. but it is one of the things that just came back to me. And uh, and yeah, I remember my friends in middle school getting into Weird Al, and it's like, and like the you know the like, when this album came out, then it was like, like oh, this is new, like this is like very new Weird Al for me. Which isn't even, like, now there's a new, new, yes. new Weird Al. Right. Yeah, and his newest album is quite good. I, en- yes. I, I very much enjoyed that I'm one. I'm so white and nerdy. I'm so white and nerdy. It's not, uh, That's like new, new, new. I'm not sure if that's the fourth generation of new Weird Al. Really inactive. I'm so inactive. <laughs> <laughs> mandatory, mandatory fun is a good album. No, no, no. That one, that one though, the white nerdy parody is a, he did. Is great, yeah. Oh yeah. They actually played that on the MTV in the morning, so that's why mm. I, I saw that one. But it was funny. Yeah. So like, okay, so let, let's do this. Weird Al, the first stage was like his like Doctor Demento like stage. Then what would you say stage two is that like past fat? Oh, like, I think Dr. Demento was his really... That's, that's like the My Bologna era. It's like mm-hmm. real early. Um, yeah, I would say anything... Yeah, fat uh, or... Um, like when he really hit. Yeah, because I feel like his heyday was like... Or like his big rise to fame was like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, because I'm trying to then figure out... Because there was that period... He kind of went through the 90s. I feel like late 90s, he kind of fell off. Yeah, he was yeah, not as popular. And then come about like late aughts, like all of a sudden it's just like Weird Al is back. And it's right. like, oh, hi, dude, you lost the hair, but now it's a different hair. Yeah, and this, and this is also nostalgia for me. was like a lot of people know Weird Al in his current incarnation, which is no glasses and long hair and like Tommy Wiseau hair. And I like, and this movie is great because like, oh, this is, this is the weird I remember was like little, little mustache and fro with giant glasses, weird out. Like mm-hmm. this is his look for me yeah. and Hawaiian shirts a lot of the time. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, weird Al is a weird, like he's a weird cultural fixture. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even my dad had some of his albums. I mean, I don't remember really listening to them that often growing up. I, like, yeah. His, but... his early stuff is still great. It's still, I mean, it really does hold up. I mean, my introduction to Weird Al was 2010 and 9. And when I, first song that I heard of his, that I recognized and started to actually, it became my, um, my, my in was CNR. And then from CNR, it went over to Party in the CIA. And then <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just kept going from there. It was just, it was awesome. And I just, yeah, I fell in deep. And I mean, the guy, he just, musically, he's so multi-talented right so impressive and he's just like as a person he's just like interesting and and like um energetic and yeah he has, he's he, all indications like yeah he's like a really cool guy he has a great presence about him it's just right you it's like you feel like you immediately disarm it's like there's if you're in a room with weird al there's no way in which you can be you can have your guard up because he'll just take your guard down with some kind of weird fucking line or how, how many uh, like would all of us if we if we were in let's say a room with about like 50 other people and all of a sudden weird al walked in you would immediately be like that's fucking yeah, like, oh, like it's him. He's the greatest ever. Right, cool. I'm gonna go over. I'm. G- I-, I think I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
Well, I, I think the pinnacle was because we were all involved in uh, uh, specific <laughs> fandom together. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he Come ended on, let's, up... Let's let bygones be bygones and never speak of it again. I know, but then he ended up being in an episode of a show that we're all fans of. In which, which he looked, in which he was portrayed in his like classic look. Yes, with, like, the, with the fro. And we're yeah. seeing it like, yeah. Or I guess it's not really a fro, it's just really and, long curly and that's, hair. That's a fantastic, like, mm. it's yeah. so Weird Al, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. My little Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Okay, is <laughs> um, so, magic. So that's like, um, so yeah, this is like, especially for me, this is my background in him. And I remember like, I remember talking to someone I knew who was a big Weird Al fan, and I was like, oh, have you ever heard this song? And he's like, no, what is this? Like, oh yeah, there's like all the, all this early stuff had like B-sides and all of a sudden, like no one's ever heard Nature Trail to Hell. Oh, I love, I love all of his Christmas songs. <laughs> like his, every album has a Christmas song from, you know, uh, the one where Santa kills all the reindeer. Oh, uh, from you know Christmas at Ground Zero. Uh, for me, like I think peak weird. Like, as far as like one of my favorite is still like Amish Paradise. Amish is Paradise so is so good, so fucking good. My that one is just a, not only is it just like a great song, but <laughs> the lyrics are just fucking brilliant. So as you can tell, none of us at all are biased on Weird Al. Yeah, nope. <laughs> we're of- we're gonna judge him very fairly. So, yeah, let's get down to it. Uh, UHF, a movie from 1989. Tell you what, let's get into it. Let's get into the oddness that is UHF. All right, let, let's try it one more time. Let's 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 give this one more shot because she needs to nail it out of the park. Sabrina, how about you ask her? Okay, Alexa, what is UHF? Hmm, I don't know that one. <laughs> oh, oh, can do I? Oh, Alexa, tell me about the movie UHF. UHF is a 1989 American comedy film starring Weird Al Yankovic, David Bowie, Fran Drescher, Victoria Jackson. Kevin McCarthy, Michael Richards, Geta Watanabe, Billy Barty, Anthony Gary, Emil Phillips, and Trinidad Silva. The film is dedicated to Silva, who died shortly after principal filming. Oh, that, that I didn't know. That's sad. I see, did not. See, okay, I, I also want to point out that this movie, this movie has, like, aside from Weird Al, there are two supporting characters who later turn out to be huge racists. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Michael Richards and Victoria Jackson. Ooh. Oh, what, what, what would Victoria Jackson do? Oh, she's like a she turned. It turns out she's like a crazy right wing nut. Oh, weird. Oh, oh all I cared about was that Fran Drescher was in this film, and because I, I, I don't know. Her I, voice you, is like one of the most distinct voices. Yes, <laughs> you you were distinct. so excited when you saw her. Well, because I, well, I, I know she kind of talks like this. Because I grew up watching um, that show she was in. Yeah, that sh- yeah that show that <laughs> classic nanny, show. Fran Drescher the in nanny, that show she was in the nanny. I think it was the nanny. Hmm. I don't know. It's uh, been so long, I can't think of the name. But yeah, I grew up watching reruns of that show. She she is a, a an elemental of the eighties. Like her look <laughs> and her voice is just like whoa eighties. I, I love well, you saying an elemental. Like, but no, she wasn't the only one though. Because what's her face from Will and Grace was like that too for the longest time. But her voice, like f- like Fran Drescher and that other chick, they both like 
overdid their voices for the pr- Probably, their shows. Yeah, really, really sell it. Because when they normally, yeah, their voice is like that, but they they always overdid it for their shows. Right. right? I think Victoria Jackson was on that like. I, I'm sure it was Fox, but it was like they attempted to have their own like sketch comedy, kind of like the their like a conservative comedy show. And it was called the Half Hour News Hour, and it was like disastrously unfunny and was canceled very quickly. I think she was on that. I'd have to look that up though. Wow. So her her voice her voice kept like bugging me out because it she sounds a lot like another actress from she sounds like the actress that was in Twin Peaks that yes. was the secretary I thought that too and I was like is that the, wait no this is Victoria no, Jackson No they look different but it just kept wigging me out because her voices are very similar so I was like what the hell but it's not her it's that's not her face She just has that kind of like talk like this and Well yes. Well uh, I don't know like I don't know, it's 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 also a type of nasally voice, but it's different from like Fran's voice, right? So I don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain. So reading the Wikipedia article on this is going to be a little bit more difficult because it doesn't include like every single flashback and like dream sequence that is included. Well, that would take too long to go yeah. through, though. Right, but the movie opens with. The Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, again, we we are uh, talking about crossovers between, uh, you know, similarities between other, other movies that we've done. Uh, this movie has more than a little earnest in it, as far as he goes into, fa- like, fantasy flashbacks of other, like, popular properties of the time, and also kind of Starship Troopers, and that they're, like, it is interspersed with these commercials that are supposed to be what's shown on the channel. Yeah. Right. I mean, my thinking there was actually closer to the um, to to bring it to the contemporary period. Brick and Morty's uh, the television, like the tele- random television commercials when they get the international intergalactic. Come on, sell that. Come on, give it some energy. I don't have any more. Give oh, it no. to me, Obi. Okay, so let, let's start. Let's start on the movie. We've got Weird Al. We've got uh, a parody of Raiders of the Lost Ark. The beginning scene where he's trying to steal the idol, and um, he. You know, the avalanche occurs. There's a giant rolling ball that continues to roll. It's a lot of sight gags that don't entirely work <laughs> on an audio format. Right. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's silly. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. There, there's the part where there's like the multiple signs that tell them to turn back. And it's like warning tire punctures, like warning. There's severe stop. tire damage. <laughs> severe tire damage. No, I, I, love the, road signs, yeah. I love the one where one of the guys that goes with him initially runs out and then is immediately hit by a train, which is like, where the fuck did that come oh, from? Or I completely forgot about the guy that like pulls out a gun, he turns, hits him in the arm with a whip, his arm falls off, and he just goes, and just runs away. No sign of, (laughs) no, like, sign of, like, screaming or anything. He just looks at the fact he has no arm and runs away. Like, oh, this is what we're doing. Okay. That was, that was a weird cutaway. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw that. I was like, why is that there? <laughs> What's going on with this movie? Yeah, what what were you thinking at this point? Just starting there, you're like, huh? I was, I was like, God, what kind of weird acid trip am I about to get into right now? And then it's like you Looney fr- Tunes. It, this is, some, this is a little bit beyond Looney it's Tunes. It's that 90s, the, the, this is in the vein of every like Leslie Nielsen Naked Gun movie. This has all the same, like, hits a lot of the same notes. So it's that weird 90s farce that would have like lots of physical comedy in it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what it eventually happens is we found out that George Newman, a.k.a. Weird Al Yankovic, 
uh, is a, a perpetual daydreamer, and this was just one of the dreams he was having while working at a fast food joint. Uh, and uh, we discover that, you know, he and his friend Bob, who is David Bowe, uh, um, are just having problems keeping a steady job, partially because of his hyperactive imagination. Um, though it just so happens that luck turns their way. George's uncle, Harvey Belchick, played by Stanley Brock, wins the deed to Channel 62, a UHF television station on the verge of bankruptcy from a poker game. Right. Uh, his wife, Esther, Sue Ann Langdon, talks him into giving control of Channel 62 to the out-of-work George. Uh, George and Bob meet at Channel 62 staff, of which makes is made up of the receptionist and wannabe reporter Pamela Finkelstein, Fran Drescher, dwarf photojournalist and cameraman Noodles McIntosh, Billy Barty. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a character from a latter-day, like... Um... Like a latter-day uh, Austin Powers movie. Mm-hmm. An unnamed overweight cameraman, Luby Washington. An eccentric engineer, Philo, Anthony Greary. Um, uh, we went through a lot of that. We we missed the Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Yes. That, that made me sick. Yeah, that made me that sick. That was also dipped in milk. Ugh. Which was... And he fully ate. Yeah. Ugh. Um, which a Twinkie Wiener sandwich, by the way, is a Twinkie with a small hot dog uh, with uh, some... Mustard. Um, no, it no, was no, like the canned cheese. Yeah. Oh, right, cheese whiz on it. Yeah, yeah, cheese whiz, and then dunked in milk and you eat it, which <sighs> really seems like something that I'm going to watch on Binging with Babish at some point. He's just going to make some like novelty, delicious version of that. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the you have that... You have the introduction of the kung fu place that is next door to them. Oh yes, with the not at all racist uh, stereotype. Uh, of... Literally, the guy who played Long Duck Dong from Sixteen Candles. Very a very respectful and totally not like a- absurd performance. But as I said, everything in this is an absurd performance. Right. This yeah. actually, this actually kind of like, uh, this is just kind of weird. Yeah, I don't yeah. see it as like wa- racist or anything. It's just kind of like, mm. oh, it's, it's just kind of weird. It's uh, just odd. It's absurd. Yeah, is what it is. It's it's it's, 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 it is, it is a racial stereotype. It was kind of, it was kind of uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Yes, I, I definitely felt a, a lot of cringe in any of the scenes that he was in, especially in the game show that he has later. The Wheel of Fish. <laughs> Well, and it comes out of the, the, the supply closet. Oh, boy. So, and yes. uh, this, this, <laughs> oh, geez. this movie has that, like, uh, uh, if people don't for- remember as a kid, but a lot of 90s movies would have, like, weird, just like, oh, we'll throw this in, too. Like, whoa, what? And back then it was funny. Now it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I think it's fine, but then it's also, it's just, it skirts that line where you're just like, how do I feel about this? Right. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I don't think it detracts from the movie. No, no, it's just a little momentary, like, okay. It, it feels like, it feels like you're watching, like, ah, yeah, this is dated. This is, this is, this is how the 90s dealt with stuff. Right. What did, what were we discussing? What previous, oh, I think that was, um, that was Idiocracy, which we're talking about, like, them using like fag as an insult and it's like in the, in our in our like nerd like ooh like it's like coming the real coming in real strong here yeah it's right. just like even that play even played as a like it's it's a it's meant to indicate how bad these people are but it's still just like oh yeah mm, just mm. Like, I don't even so really like, like this. that all right so moving on uh, George attempts to introduce himself to the rival VHF uh, network station Channel Eight but its owner. The grumpy and mean-spirited R.J. Fletcher, played by Kevin McCarthy, 
uh, angrily chases him out. Uh, on his way out of the station, he encounters janitor Stanley Spadowski, Michael Richards, who had just been unfairly fired by Fletcher for supposedly pitching a very valuable research report, which had been in Fletcher's desk chair the whole time. George offers him a janitorial job at Channel 62. Man, we're just churning through this movie. Indeed we are. But, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's a lot that, of it. I mean, it is. It's It's... Like, I think you have R.J. Fletcher as, like, weenie little son and the two other guys that are there. and it, It's one of those ones. It's the, like, the story is very basic. And it's, he's got to, then they have to save, they have to save the station at the last minute because the evil bad guy. Right. Well, let's, 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 let's chalk okay. it along. All right. All right. So, though George creates new original programming and attempts to revive the station's fortunes, ratings stay flat, and Bob determines that Channel 62 is days away from insolvency after going through the station's books. He's got, like, Dave, Dave has, like, he's, try, he's, like, going for a, like, 80s Phil Collins look. Like that bald, but also long hair in the back. And then just like a ball cap. and Yeah, this thing. He's, he's ready to tell me about, sing about how he can't dance. <laughs> he can feel it coming in the air tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. George and Bob stay late on the station brainstorming ways to keep it afloat, and which causes George to accidentally stand up to his girlfriend, Terry, Victoria Jackson. Stand up his, like, his stand, girlfriend. Stand up. They were supposed to go. So basically... Not stand up to. He did a special bulletin. That was that was playing on the TV. His girlfriend caught it, and then they went on. on a, they went to a uh, dinner restaurant there. She had the poofiest shoulders. Yeah, what? the poofiest shoulders. Was that ever? Did did women ever wear anything like that as like formal wear? In the eighties, yes. Oh my god, what was going? Oh, okay, Princess right. Diana. <laughs> oh, is that a Princess Di look? Well, I think I think big shoulders was just a thing in the eighties, but then apparently a lot of women after seeing her wedding dress, a lot of women wanted their dresses to look like that. Uh. So that became a big look for formal clothing, especially wedding dresses and probably prom gowns as well. Because she was wearing like a big, like poofy, like pink thing. So I'm it, pretty sure that was Princess Di. Oh, that's mm. uh, uh, well, Princess Diana, and also they're just and the, it being the eighties. Yeah, the right. cocaine. Yeah. It's just. Out and about. <laughs> well, after accidentally standing up his girlfriend, that caused her to break up with him. So here he is, about to lose another Uncle job. his fun house. No, <laughs> no girlfriend now. It's life. He, he has his, ne his, his network moment. He's mad as hell. Yes. The despondent George walks out in the middle of filming the kids' show, Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse. So he can go to the bar and drown his woes and drink. His giant, his like giant fruity Hawaiian drink. Yeah, the blueberry daiquiri. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like the depressed character. It's like he's going to drink. He's like ah, blueberry daiquiri. Yeah, it's odd, odd choice. <laughs> Stanley takes over as host, and his bizarre antics are an instant hit with the audience. This is also kind of a weird performance for my. <laughs> you get Michael Richards in because he's playing a like a mentally challenged character. But he's so energetic and fun. And he's correct. Like, that is where he took like a. He must have like done this between seasons of Seinfeld. I don't think Seinfeld was running. This was 1989. He, he looks pretty young in oh, this one. Oh, right. 
This is pre Oh man, he look, yeah, because he looks pretty young. Yeah, I like I keep I keep thinking this movie is like ninety four, but it's eighty nine. Yeah, that's way we're still in the eighties, son. Okay, so they like that or like the pilot episode, like uh, the pilot episode of Seinfeld might have been done at this point, but yeah. still, yeah, right. So because of that, Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse becomes a massive rating smash that saves the station from bankruptcy. Channel 62 finds success with a lineup of bizarre original shows and Spadowski as its flagship star. Find the marble in the pudding. <laughs> so, should we talk about some of the weird ads and shows uh, that we've yes. had? Uh, uh, these are so Spatula City. Spatula City. Spatula City. These are all amazing. Yeah. The Conan the Librarian bit is like the best in, the, in all of those. Yeah. Oh, God, I love so anyway, yes, for the listeners, in between scenes at a certain point, they start showing just like this is a commercial that's being aired on the on their channel, and it's always something completely ludicrous. Come on down here and buy this car. I'll shoot this dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'll club this seal. I'll, I'll club this seal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that Spatula City. Uh, there is Conan, Conan the Librarian, uh, Gandhi Two. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> like action version. Um, I feel like that was a, that was meant to be a riff on um, that Rambo. M- well, no, there's the Rambo one. But like the, the, I think the the Gandhi two one was a riff on the the movie Gandhi that came out like right around that time. Right, oh, it was. Yeah. In which a white guy played Gandhi. Um, <laughs> what? Oh yeah, no, nah, it's cool. It's fine. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was the, it was the '80s. Just Sometime don't even. I hate America. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I hate America. He, don't... he looks a little bit like he, he looks a, a reasonable lot like him, but he's like it's like yeah, this is weird. Yeah, just wait until you watch Short Circuit. It's gonna be fun. Oh no, I've seen <laughs> yeah, when, Short Circuit. When the plague, don't worry, I know. When the bad guy from Hackers is a, is in blackface. Just, you know, like, it's cool. It's fine, guys. All right. But uh, let's see. Uh, some other ones. Uh, Plots are Us. There's another <laughs> one. The, right. mo- the Mortuary. <laughs> like, like, the leg sucks to get the ground. And then the fucking salad bar. <laughs> it's so... It's so... Oh, yeah. The friggin' salad bar. It's oh my so God. dumb. But I laughed it's so like, hard. Why yeah. is there a salad bar in a mortuary? Well, it's just like... Again, this is like... I, I take incredibly guilty pleasure in like, movies like this and, like... Like the, the 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 Leslie Nielsen movie Wrongfully Accused, I love that movie. It's really dumb. Yeah, I mean, because you know we've all been there this moment. We've seen ads and we've seen things, and sometimes you just you just want to see something that just doesn't make any sense yeah. at all. This movie, I think, for me, hits the same buttons as like Ernest Rides Again. I'm just like this is this is really stupid, but I enjoy this. Yeah, it's like it's just it's just stupid. You don't have to think about it. You just enjoy what's happening. Right. It's so ludicrous that you're just like, oh, I like this. Yeah. So, So, because of their uh, newfound success, Channel 62 eventually overtakes Channel 8 in the ratings, which infuriates Fletcher. He's the bad guy. I'm the bad businessman from the network. Big bad radio. I was on the invasion of the body snatchers. Super corporate man. Concurrently, Belichick loses big at a horse race and ends up with $75,000 of gambling debt he can't repay. I, I like how much they make of this amount of money, and it's like, this. even back then, this seems like that this would be is a, a, trivi- business load. a trivial amount of money. For a man that looks like he's that rich, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it is very weird of just like, oh no, we need $75,000. All right, hold on. Let me go get a loan. Right. Ah, right. uh, crap. Okay, well, yep. uh, Fletcher offers Bill Chick to pay the $75,000 to buy out Channel 62. George learns of the deal and calls his Aunt Esther, who forces Bill Chick to give George a chance to match Felcher's offer. George organizes a telethon to raise the money by selling stock in the station and sends network engineer Philo to wiretap the Channel 8's office as he fears Fletcher is planning to undermine his effort. You know, already illegal. This is a lot of... Definitely, there is a very little cause. Well, then, like, he runs a... He runs, like, a small TV station and he has, like, a bunch of gun-wielding thugs. Yeah. Yep. But you do also have Philo, who can somehow make, you know, plutonium out of household devices. Well, we'll figure out later why. (laughs) (laughs) Led by Stanley's boundless energy, the telethon gets off to a quick start, but grinds to a halt after he is kidnapped by a group of Channel 8 henchmen. This is a lot of movies of this era, which assumed that just, like, TV executives have all of the resources of, like, Bond villains. (laughs) Eventually, Philo, in watching taped footage on the Channel 8 news office, spies Stanley on the screen, thus officially confirming everyone's suspicions. Stanley was abducted by the Channel 8 news goons. News sh- goons. That's what I know. I, I just, just think about that one. Like, this, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he shows George, who then leads a group to infiltrate Channel 8 and with oh Fletcher, uh, let's see, to rescue Stanley. Fletcher airs an editorial criticizing Channel 62 as counter-programming to the telethon, which Philo replaces of the recording. When Fletcher ins- uh, insulted the townspeople to Terry earlier in the movie through a broadcast signal intrusion. The, oh, God. Um, yeah, oh, we we'll get to the rainbow scene. Despite Stanley's return, the telethon ends with the station $2,000 short of the goal, and Fletcher arrives to pay off Bill Chick's bookie, Big Louie. So uh, we've officially like scuttled that entire rescue scene. Oh, come on. That's like the best. That's like the best sequence in the movie. It's like Weird Al goes to rescue uh, Kramer, and he envisions himself, again, in a very earnest way, envisions himself as a Rambo, and they have this great Rambo parody. And he's wearing this obnoxiously disgusting looking muscle suit. Muscle suit. <laughs> it looks, it looks it, very weird. It just weird. looks so <laughs> stiff and ridiculous. I, I, I just, the scene of him just like with the arrow. <laughs> oh, so God. good. Yeah, so good. Guy with a machine gun just unloading, and then just he's like two feet away with a bow and just launches it and, and it explodes. It explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the entire like sneaking through the, the, the uh, compound of just like, <gasps> like I like oh, I I, yeah. I just love at the very end when they're just they're having the like the helicopters like <laughs> like the, the Coliseum explodes and uh, it's so good yeah. it's great it yeah. actually doesn't make you remember there's there was a Leslie Nielsen there's a Leslie Nielsen like James Bond parody called Spy Hard which is which is a fun like f- like movie if you like those farces and that begin Weird Al sings the uh, uh, the theme song and at the end of the theme song he explodes. Huh. So there's a lot of crossover here, as always happens with Weirdo. Man is connected. He he's a, he is a national national treasure. And we coasted over the music video. Uh, yeah, is we it, forgot the completely. He plays I, the entire. I, I, I completely forgot this was in the movie, and I cheered when we were watching it because they do the. He does a like money for nothing parody about the Beverly Hillbillies. Yep. I really what I really love about that is just the freaking. Not only are the the colors really freaking cool in that video, but at the same time, oh, like the the weird like 
And, yeah. and all that is a parody of the official yes. music video for right. Money for Nothing. That's like a that's like a every that's like a one for one parody. Yeah. Right. Even the this the like crummy three D. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh God. Yeah. The 3D was so that's, ridiculous. Again, all in that that's just that's the, them just accurately replicating the music video. Right. But that's but still just to see 3D of that era, man, so cool. Yeah. But also so so cheesy. <laughs> oh, it was real rough. We've gotten so much better since then. Yeah. So like yeah, this is it, yeah. We we get to the end of the movie and. He pays off the bookie and... Right. So, however, the deal is scuttled by a timely arrival of a beggar that Fletcher insulted earlier in the film, who buys all the remaining shares, thereby allowing George to pay off Big Louie instead, just in the nick of time. The beggar explains that Fletcher had a penny Fletcher mockingly gave him earlier that was a rare 1955 double-die cent worth a substantial fortune, which explains how he was able to buy the remaining $2,000 worth of Channel 62 shares and a Rolex watch to boot. <laughs> Damn. While the public backlash from the candid video of Fletcher causes the FCC to revoke Channel 8's broadcast license. As the film ends, Yay. George and Terry rekindle their relationship while the rest of the employees and fans of Channel 62 celebrate and Philo rejoins his people. <laughs> they have been celebrating there's for a long time in that ending sequence. Yep. There's always a if Weird Al if Weird Al is in this movie, there's always a claymation sequence somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Philo is an alien, and it was that was pretty yeah. Cool. There was a oh, weird yeah. claymation face transform, and then he turns. Jurassic he just turns this mystic blue color and zooms away. He got zapped up by his people, or he zapped himself up to his people. He returned back to his planet where he came from. And like Black Bork Bork. So this, so yeah, again, this is one of those movies that, like, this is a live-action cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it. It's a very weird movie. It's a it's a very lovable movie. Um, it's a movie that actually was very difficult on Al. Really? Be because mm. the reason it was difficult was, one, it didn't do as well as projected. Right. Uh, he... It's one of the movies, it's similar to Young Einstein, uh, as it was said. A movie that, when it was tested, people adored. They loved the movie. They thought it was amazing and that it had such a, uh, such a good first impression, but didn't have a good critical impression or box office. Wait, Young Einstein? Uh, young Einstein is what they're... Uh, yeah. I've never heard of this I've one. I've never heard of yeah. this one. Weird Al's in this? No, it's just, it's just another movie that this is akin to, which was tested well, but didn't have a good critical impression. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, I'm reading another thing off of Wikipedia. Mm. Also, the movie didn't well, do well because let's detail to you what came out before this in 1989. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. Ghostbusters 2. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2, Batman, License to Kill, When Harry Met Sally, and Weekend at Bernie's. Jesus wow. That's a lot Every one of those with. movies is like a movie everyone knows. Yes. Yeah. So, didn't come out at the strongest of times for a low, for a low budget, like, goofy movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, which, is, uh, that's like, and that's nice, because it's not even like the fault of the movie, it's just like, Ah, it's bad timing. Yeah, as yeah. AV Club stated, it was a sapling among redwoods. Right. This is right. like this is like Spielberg at full power, just unleashing on the movie going audience. Eighty nine was a good year for movies, I guess. Indeed, it was. Wow. So uh, the poor critical response left Yankovic in a slump that lasted three years, impacting the finalization of his next studio album. The slump was broken when the band Nirvana rose to <laughs> wild popularity. Uh, 
giving him the inspiration to write Smells, Smells Like, like Nirvana. Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, that's a great that's a great one. I was going to say, like, uh, just a random aside, I have it brought up here. Um, I took a screen cap of their, like, they have a big chart. It's weird, I was, like, looking at, at some point, looking at this chart, and it's, like, all their planned programming. And it's one of those ones where, like, all these are gags if you look. So I screen capped it, and we have, like, uh, let's see, Traffic Court, My Three Mutants, Beat the Lone Shark, Name That Stain, That's Disgusting, The Flying Pope, Bestiality Today, <laughs> The Young and Dyslexic, Leave It to Bigfoot. <laughs> so, like, there's all these jokes if you if you look in and zoom in on it. Dog Racing from Rio de, de, de Janeiro. Ugh. Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro. That. <laughs> so well, at yeah, least it, at least it didn't get hit by an asteroid. So we're sorry. We're sorry. Quick, too soon. We're sorry, Argentina. That no, was we're not. last episode. Two episodes ago. Sorry, not all, sorry. All of the dead ago. white people. Exclusively it feels dead like white. we just talked <laughs> about it <laughs> two <laughs> hours ago. Uh, so, oh so yeah, this movie is like. That's that's interesting. I didn't realize like I I knew it was one of those movies that was it was like a cult classic kind of thing. I didn't realize that like it also was beaten out of the like was like pummeled out of the box office and also that it affected Weird Al so much. Yeah, it yeah. was a, it was an unfortunate thing. This was going to be he 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 had the aspirations kind of like the Schwarzenegger of kind of transitioning to something different, oh. and you know. Gave this a big shot, you know, sounded like everything was good and it just didn't work. You know, it was the tenacious D pick of destiny of its time. <laughs> well, that's like, I could see like, that's interesting. He, just, he it just made him stick with music or cha- go back to music. That's interesting. This like shaped his career. More or less. Yeah, it was the, the moment that he tried to pivot and it kind of smacked back at him. And then he was just like, well, I don't know what to do. And then Nirvana showed up. He, he writes this great parody. Yeah, yeah yep. he writites the be- one of the best parodies he's ever done. Yes. Yeah. You know? uh, but yeah, there's a, a lot of other things that came out of it. Uh, your friend uh, was it Geed Watanabe? Is that how you say? I uh, don't know. Geed uh, actually Ain't reprised. No friend of mine. He reprised his role as Cooney in a guest appearance on the Weird Al show sometime later. Uh, let's see. Uh, Weird Al's vo- uh, video "Word Crime" gives a nod to the movie. Uh, it's a song talking about an errant grammar used by people online in the and oh, uh, that, in the English language. That's a great song, and that's off <laughs> off of his new album. Yep. There is a test shown on the screen, and the name George Newman is uh, the name of the on the test. Oh, nice. Yep. Oh, oh, you know what? Also, uh, I want I want to say lo- looping this movie back in. Do you remember when Philo talks mentions that he has an inner roster? Oh, oh. yes. Uh, Weird Al must be a fan of. That of probably had to be of this island, island Earth. movie because the music video for Dare to Be Stupid also has a has a replica inner roster in it. Nice. So there, a Weird Al is throwing in inner roster jokes. It's there, guys. Yeah. Of course, of course. They, like, who doesn't have an inner roster? Wait, you have an inner roster? Only he's that to make hot chocolate. <laughs> Only all the cool people have inner rosters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now throw to Joe really hard. <laughs> this Islander. <laughs> Oh, oh, you gotta watch that again. Oh, so good. All right, but that takes care of UHF. Uh, uh, I actually am really interested to hear from you two to find out exactly what you feel. Uh, Martin, let's start. Uh, let's start with you. I just love this film. It's great. I is just manic. It was well. It was like a crazy pace. All of the physical comedy was hilarious. So many like little 
nuances here and there. Everything from, you know, ev- everything from all of the crazy, <laughs> all of the crazy stunts, including the fire hose and the kid's mouth to the, to the fucking fish. <laughs> the wheel of fish. Stupid! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> just all of it was, was hilarious to me. And it just... It was great. And I also kind of identified a bit with Weird Al's character because that kind of daydreaming of just these weird alternate universes and contexts so of you're saying, characters and parodies, that's something that I totally did as a kid. So you, 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 also, you also had an earnest kind of like... <laughs> yeah, I did. I had a bit of that, you know, character identification with like personal experience of my own where I, you know, I have that kind of daydreaming tendency sometimes to even think of... You know, to put myself in the shoes of like a, a parody character or even like a greater like Rambo esque version. So it was great. I love this film and I had a blast with it. And I would definitely recommend it. To, yes, um, that's to more. Everybody. That's some more goodwill going my way. Yeah, just, I'll need it again. Like again, this is a movie that this episode really could have just been us high fiving for an hour on the. <laughs> it, it pretty much was. We I did mean, it, guys. Yeah, yeah. Sabrina, awesome. I liked it. It was really funny. Um, I liked a lot of the gags. The references were definitely easy to follow because they were obviously around the... It, it, I wasn't quite old enough yet at the time that these movies were released, but they were movies I watched later as I was older. So I got a lot of the references. Yeah, it, it was weird, wacky, but it was surprisingly a pretty well put together film. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, I think the only critical thing I can say against it is that the main plot is kind of like all over the place and also forgetful. Right. But yeah, it's, it's it is not a it is not a film. Yeah, you are yeah. not going to go in the here to you know get a high culture dose of you know just like oh that I feel I feel like I had a really like mm, I came out with a lot on that. It's like no, it's a, it's a great popcorn movie. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, right. it's it's a just total farce. Yeah. yeah, it's a total farce, but it's a farce that you can just tune in at any moment and be like, oh god, just look at what happened to that guy. Fucking hate. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like it's like when Adam Sandler made really good movies. Is like just when, when was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh come on he did make one or two good ones i just uh i will be interested maybe to, happy gilmore i'll be interested to go back and see Waterboy and happy gilmore just to see because i think Are happy gilmore still good i loved Waterboy. happy gilmore is probably good i feel probably less on i think Waterboy is gonna hold probably. up a lot worse yeah. uh, it just has one of my favorite lines you can do it <laughs> That's like my favorite line. What's well, I mean, and Happy Gilmore has the guy, the, the, the speech. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's in all of Adam Sandler. Uh, remember when he was in every Stallone movie? Ugh. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Wait, that's Rob why it freaks Schneider. me out because I'm used to seeing him in Adam Sandler movies, and then later I would be like, "Why he showed Wait. up in two different." Sylvester Stallone Futuristic, movies. like in the set in the post-apocalyptic future. Yeah, I was really weirded out by yeah. that when I noticed that. I was like, what? I, How did that even happen? I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I think we, if like, like, Sabrina, please do a let's play of the game A Fork in the Tail. It's a, like, it's a full motion video adventure game starring oh, Rob Schneider. I hate those. They're so boring. But it's starring dumb. Rob Schneider and you get to watch women punch him in the face. I had to play Phantasmagoria and it was awful. <laughs> but Rob Schneider and you just like oh, punch in the face. UHF. Remember UHF. UHF is a good movie. Think of think UHF. only towards the good. Yes. 
That's not going to help me play a game. <laughs> well, you're not forced to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think all around we will say that UHF is definitely a watch. Yeah, this yep. is great. And Weird Al is, as always, just yeah. If you if you're a if, Weird Al, if you're a Weird Al fan, you've never seen this movie. Definitely watch it. Yes. All right. Like Thumbs now. up. High fives all around. Yep. Go watch UHF. It's a good movie. We did it, guys. <laughs> we we putted this one like an inch from the hole. <laughs> yep. Like right in. Just, we, just, yeah. On the edge. Stuffed her foot in. Right in the corner pocket from a half inch away. <laughs> My whole foot went in. <laughs> oh, boy. Pre-show. 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 All right. And that's going to take care of us for this week. Thank you all uh, for joining in. Uh, our next coming episodes are going to be a spooky Halloween bunch. I guess that's true. We like The next coming up is going to be all Halloween. So Yeah, we're talking. We're, we haven't set on it. We're talking maybe some Elvira. Maybe returning to Ernest. Oh, well, let, no, that's my pick. Yeah, okay. All my right. pick is definitely going to be Ernest Scared to Stupid. All right. So we're definitely getting, we're going back in Earnest. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in her, in her, yeah, because it's important. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll be having that. So let me go ahead and tell you: you can go over to satfriendsclub.com. That is the website. You can email us off of that if you ever want to say anything. Reach out to us, uh, give us suggestions, or want to uh, leave some feedback on the show. Just send us across to us. We will read it on air. You can be like, "Oh, that's neat. They know I exist." Uh, you can go ahead and also message us across at satfriendsclub.com on or at sat friends club on twitter uh to message us and you can find all of our information there as well um so if you want to reach out to any of us we also have the patreon i mentioned earlier for the lovely lovely four people uh that are helping us out put the uh, put this show out every single week uh thank you all uh for your donations and uh you can get some fun little benefits off of that uh you know if you, if you want to go check that out over on patreon and with that that concludes us this week. We get to we just, get to head out of here after our three peat. Just another like sexy episode of this podcast. I know. Mm, so uh, maybe, we yeah. we will reconvene shortly with some more Saturday Friends fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think that's on a schedule somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll figure out how to do some fun sometime. Yeah. All right. Till then, uh, we will catch you next week. Uh, sleep well, everyone. Stupid. <laughs> uh, good. And great.